y'all, I'm Allie Spears, and this is Ag Chicks, where we dig deep with the women who are helping to feed the world. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Ag Chicks. This is your host, Allie Spears, and uh, this is another solo episode, so buckle up, because I am still not totally used to talking to myself. But I hope that uh, so far you've had a great week, a great month. I cannot believe that we are already in July. The summer has flown by. But I want to start today's episode off uh, a little bit different from kind of normal episodes, I guess you could say. And I am still trying to find my own path as far as some of these solo episodes. So bear with me while I find that. Uh, If you have any feedback on things you like, things you don't like, or things you'd like me to talk about, please let me know. By uh, You can contact me by email or send me a direct message on any of the social media platforms. But I am a, a lover of quotes. I always have been. I have a running note in my phone just full of quotes that I hear. And I love f- pictures that have quotes. So uh, my mom and I found a company a few years ago in Round Top, Texas, where we do a lot of our shopping for Junk and Disorderly, and she takes canvas and prints quotes on them and then frames them in beautiful, one-of-a-kind antique frames. So we carry those frames, and every time we get a new one, I want to keep it. It's probably the hardest part about having Junk and Disorderly is when we get our Braden and Brooks signs because I absolutely love every single one. I'm somebody who loves things with meaning, so the fact that it has a quote and a one-of-a-kind frame really just kind of sends me over the edge. Um, it's going to be so hard to resist just filling our new house with those quotes, but uh, to make a long story short, um, I want to start the episode off with a fun quote I found, um, a little funny, a little motivational, and hopefully it can help you kind of get through the week. And it is, if life gives you lemons, make orange juice and laugh at what, while the world tries to figure it out. So honestly, I struggled in trying to figure out exactly what I wanted this episode to be about. I feel like there's a lot going on right now, and there's a lot of things, def- a lot of different routes I could go with it. But I want to go back to something that I have had thoughts on for quite a while, and it seems like Courtney DeHoff kind of put all those thoughts that I had in my head into beautiful words and kind of made a video about it. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, go check out Court's video, uh, video, I believe it was an IGTV, about just kind of the atmosphere of the agricultural community and kind of the way we connect with people, the way we relate to people, um, because I think that she does a really good job of kind of explaining some of the thoughts I've had a hard time explaining. Uh, but I do want to try today in today's episode, so with that being said, let's get into the nitty-gritty of it, I guess. So I have always been a firm believer that agriculture does not do a great job of telling our story. And that's one of the reasons that Ag Chicks was formed, is because I thought that not only does agriculture have a great uh, a story that it needs to tell, but women in agriculture have a great story. And what better way to start to tell the story of our industry by speaking to women and sharing their stories in hopes that somebody can connect or somebody can make a relation to something that they hear. 
So that's really one of the main reasons that Act started and has developed into what it has today. But I want to go back to what I mentioned earlier as far as agriculture not doing a great job of telling our story. Now, I've always said that we do a great job communicating to one another. And we, you know, misery loves company. We love to talk about, oh, yeah, well, I didn't, did you hear this? They didn't understand it. Or did you, you know, did you hear the latest diet trend? You know, they're not drinking milk now or they're not eating meat and all of these different things, which don't get me wrong. Agriculturalists are extremely hardworking and it's not always easy to be in an industry that is constantly under attack. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we're, we're not accredited for having those feelings and having those conversations because I think that they are, there's a place for them. And, and sometimes you just need a little reassurance that the world's a little crazy out there. But I do think we need to change the way we talk to consumers. Obviously, social media is a huge movement, a huge thing right now uh, with instant gratification. And I love social media and I hate social media uh, for a couple different reasons that we can kind of get into later probably. But social media is an excellent excellent tool, especially for those of us in agriculture. Everybody's on social media, right? I mean, my parents are on social media. My grandparents are on Facebook. You know, everybody has that way to be connected. uh, And for the most part, really in their hand at all times during the day. I mean, I have um, a terrible habit of going on my phone to do something, send a text, send an email, and then I end up 20 minutes deep in reels, right? I mean, that's just the the life in the society that we live in. It's all instant gratification right in your hand. You know what everyone's doing right in that moment. You know what they did last week. You may know what they're going to do tomorrow if they're telling you about it. Um, it's a weird time to live in. And personally, I'm, I'm pretty private. And so that is something that was very hard for me to get used to as far as putting myself out there sharing things that I kind of felt like, well, no one would care. Why would, why would anyone want to know what I'm doing, you know, on a Saturday or that I'm building fence or that, you know, we're vaccinating calves or whatever the situation may be. And, uh, I was wrong because there's a lot of people that care and there's a lot of people that want to know where their food comes from. So again, as agriculturalists, I think that's that's something we need to capitalize on as far as telling our story, telling the truth about agriculture, and doing it in a way that connects to a common general consumer. And that's, I think, where the biggest challenge comes from is how do we do that? You know, um, even I found just from my, you know, couple thousand followers on Instagram, there's a lot of agriculturalists that are following me, which is great. I love that. But how do we break down the wall between producers and consumers? And how do we get to consumers digesting our information and digesting the truth so that in turn, hopefully that they are become one, better educated consumers, and two, they can educate their friends. Now, this is something that is not going to happen overnight. I mean, we've been dealing with... This is not a new problem, is what I'm trying to say. 
Um, and I don't think that there's a quick fix to it. I think that it's going to continue to take trial and error and, um, it's something that as a community, we're going to have to work together on. I think that there's been excellent strides. Um, you know, this whole world of influencing has kind of changed, helped to change the narrative a little bit because it brings the attractiveness of the influencing world, but puts the agriculture spin on that, which I think people who maybe wouldn't ever necessarily be attracted to agriculture are drawn to, um, probably without even knowing it really, uh, with, you know, the connection of Western fashion and, um, brand work and all that kind of thing. I think it brings into a whole new pool of people that we may never have reached, but there's still, there's still some stuff missing. And one of those things is, I think goes back to my point about, you know, we do a great job of talking to each other, but not a great job of talking to those outside our world. Um, and again, I don't, I don't have the solution. Um, I don't know if anybody has the solution yet. I think it's again, trial and error and something that we're going to have to work through together. But for me personally, as I've gone through this new journey of advocating, it's been, okay, how can I say this in a way that is not so technical that anyone could understand it? It's the truth and it's relatable. How can we do that? How can we show that? I, again, I think social media is a great step in the right direction. Um, but again, the hard part is, you know, a lot of people in agriculture are private and they don't want to put themselves out there because it puts them at risk for a whole new pool of attacking as far as activists and um, that kind of thing. And also, we're busy, right? We, don't, we may not have time to answer questions about beef processing or um, wheat harvest or, or things like that where, you know, somebody who doesn't have any agriculture background, they don't know what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. But that's where we have to start, is we have to open up that door of communication, because if they're not able to ask those questions, how can we assume that they will be any more educated on anything that has to do with the way that, of life that we live and that we love. We know the importance, right? That's why we're doing it. But they don't. So how can we change that? How can we alter how we tell agriculture's story? So I do want to go back to how I opened this as far as Courtney DeHoff's um, conversation about um, how we interact as a community and as an industry, because I think she had really great points as far as, so her, her movement, if you're not familiar, is Fancy Lady Cowgirl, and she kind of goes off of the um, mindset of anyone can be involved in agriculture, anyone can be a, a cowgirl, it doesn't matter if you live in the city, if you live in um, 
a town of 50, you know, you can dress how you want, you can talk how you want, this is somewhere where you can belong, and you can feel like you have support, and um, if, if this is a way of life that you want to live, you're more than welcome to, and that's kind of the gist of her fancy lady cowgirl movement, so she had been uh, attacked on Facebook by, um, by people, and the, the sad part about it was it was not, uh, it was not activists or, um, the normal naysayers of ag. It was people in our own community. And that's devastating because we've done so much work to try to switch that narrative that we have people in our community who still don't, they don't get it. And that goes back to us telling our story in a positive way and an effective way. If somebody who maybe was not involved in the industry were to scroll through comments and see that people within, the own, within our own industry are, are reacting that way, why would they want to be involved? Why would they want to know more? Well, if they see, oh, well, you know, that farmer or that rancher is saying this on her Instagram or her Facebook post, or whatever it is, um, you know, that's kind of mean. Why would I want to be a part of something where they tear you down um, for the for the message that you're trying to say, or the clothes that you wear, or whatever it is? Um, I've always been a pretty strong believer that the Western way of life, that this rural living uh, you know, the deep roots in agriculture, tradition, and this way of life that I love looks very different for very different people. For me, for example, I'm from California, and I live in Texas. When I first got to Texas, and I told people that I was from California, and that I was involved in agriculture, you should have seen the looks I got. They didn't, you know, California, you think of beaches and um, surfing, you don't think of agriculture. Well, it's one of the biggest agriculture states in the, in the United States. So again, it's just that changing that interaction of how we interact with each other. And if we can, you know, appear as a united front, then I think that's where we really might have to start as far as kind of sharing, um, how we do things and, opening that door for others to come in. There's atmosphere of, oh, well, if you aren't a fifth generation farmer uh, or rancher, you know, well, sorry, but you're not going to fit in here. You're not going to be successful in your operation or whatever it may be. That's not true anymore. I mean, we have to start modernizing our, our way of thought because if not, agriculture is going to die with the, the generation that is living it right now, and we're going to be screwed, quite frankly. So, we, we again, and I, I know I keep saying it like this, but we have to change our narrative. We have to reformulate how we talk about agriculture, uh, not only to the public, but within our, within our own community and to each other. So I know that's a bold claim for a 25-year-old female to make, especially one that's not living on the ranch. Um, well, I guess technically I, I'm living on a ranch, but... Not living on a ranch with a large operation or a farming operation, uh, you may be listening and thinking, "What is she talking about? She's, she has no experience." Well, 
first of all, I do have a very strong agricultural background, and just because I'm not living in it necessarily for my day-to-day right now, I'm still connected to it, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. We actually need people who have no agriculture background to come in, fall in love with the industry, because they have a connection to people that we don't have as far as not having this knowledge, this background knowledge of what the industry is, where your food comes from, because Honestly, I think those are going to be some of our bigger tools as far as opening that door of communication and then allowing for some of us who do have an agricultural background and who are working in agriculture every day for your narrative to be heard. There's this idea of a farmer is a 75-year-old man standing out in a cornfield in overalls, and that's not what the modern farmer and rancher looks like anymore. So... How can we, again, how can we repaint that picture of what things look like? How can we show that we're educated? How can we show that this is not an easy way of life, but it's something that someone's got to do in order to feed everyone and clothe everyone? And how can we better communicate, I guess? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, You know, it took me 15 minutes to get to that point here. So to summarize my last 16 minutes of rambling, I feel like at this point, we got to change how we talk to each other and how we talk to people outside our world if we are wanting to have any impact as far as our message. And please don't take this as, you know, she's not seeing any of the hard work we're doing. Believe me, nobody sees it more than I do. I, I understand the trials and tribulations of running operations and trying to continue to share a message on platforms. I get it. It's a lot. And it's a lot for people who are so busy and trying to keep up with everything and balance life. I I understand. I'm not saying that everyone needs to go out and start an Instagram page and start documenting their life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if that's not something that you can do, it's understandable. There are people who are doing that for us, but Let's start just small, you know, the next time you go, next time you interact with someone in agriculture, tell them they're doing a good job or that you see the hard work that they're doing and let's just be more positive when we're interacting with each other so that hopefully that positivity will spill over into other aspects of the industry and things that we're doing. So last little thing I do want to say here is I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I have been overwhelmed by the support I've received for season two of Ag Chicks. Uh, Overwhelmed by the support of the name change from the dirt to Ag Chicks. I could not be more thankful for everyone. And if you have a business or brand that you would like to market through Ag Chicks, please let me know. Um, I did just open up some sponsorship spots, uh, whether that be you know short ads, long-term sponsorships. If that's something you'd be interested in, please reach out. Again, thank you for all of your support, for listening. And if you'd like to connect, don't forget that we are on Instagram, Facebook, The visual version of every episode is on YouTube. Oh, and last thing, uh, new new to our list of things that we have, um, I did just start an email list as well. So if you're wanting to make sure you get the episodes that come out right when they come out, 
be sure to sign up for our email list. Uh, there's some other really fun and exciting things coming uh, to Ag Chicks very soon, um, hopefully within the next week, really. So get on that email list. If you would like to be in the know on things, you can sign up on Instagram through the link in my bio um, or reach out and I'll get you on that list. So again, thank you. Have a great week and we'll see y'all in next week's episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at AgChicks on Instagram and Facebook and that every episode has a visual version on YouTube on the AgChicks channel.